Hello! Welcome to Kasaynatian, Kasayuran, Kasaysayan, Kamatuuran. A show dedicated to discussing the latest topics of interest on Philippine politics and society from the perspective of Filipinos in general and Cebuanos in particular. This is your host, Ryan Dave Rayla, educator and voice in the wind. Tonight, we shall be talking about online classes from the perspective of state universities and colleges or SUCs. We have guests for tonight and they are from Cebu Normal University. So the following guests are here with us. They are Arkel John Deraco, BA Political Science and the Prime Minister of their student organization Polycratos. We also have his colleague, John Ethelred Osabel, BA Political Science. And joining us later would be Grant Orville Rossell, also BA Political Science. So these young and aspiring political scientists are here with us to discuss the topic for tonight. Now some context before we proceed. Under the circumstances that we all find ourselves today in the so-called new normal, no? um, classes now are held via what we call social, uh, what we call as distance learning, and these distance learnings, uh, distance learning methods involve online classes or the conduct of classes via online platforms like Zoom, Google Classroom, and many other platforms. So. We have here our guests, these um, young students from the tertiary level, to, to try to share what are their expectations, their challenges, and perhaps they have some innovations as well or initiatives to help themselves and their, their instructors and their institutions, institution in general to um, facilitate online classes better. And here in the Philippines, online classes are are coming to full gear no, with um, with schools now um, opening up their school year 2020-2021. So, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, sir. Good evening, um, sir. Good evening, good evening, sir. Good evening to our listeners. Okay. So, um, uh, yes, John, you, you want to add something? Um, John Usabel? Uh, good evening and thank you for the opportunity, sir, to join you in this podcast. Okay, thank you, John. So, um, gentlemen, we are talking about online classes, no? And regarding online classes, um, perhaps you can share to us uh, prior to prior to um, prior to discussing the challenges of online classes. Perhaps you can share to us your experiences, your personal experiences regarding um, the the months that there has been no classes at all for for a while so we'll start with that um i think john can start <laughs> okay. uh, mr uh, Rosabel? Well, so talking about the experiences in this past few months i think the level of uh, feeling of anxiety with regards to the uncertainty of the situation is pretty much obvious. Uh, the, knowing that we have, uh, as students, our lives are 
for the most part, are circling around being in school and studying. So, being deprived of that for the few months, also was, uh, the classes were suddenly uh, halted, uh, paused, without uh, prior warning or without great expectations. Uh, I think it would be a, another statement to say that uh, it was uh, it was uh, uh, not uh, not able to, to uh, surmount a level of nervousness. But then again, everyone is nervous and anxious with the uncertainty of the situation uh, because of this pandemic. So. Uh, I think uh, uh, that's what I uh, feel with regards to this past few months. And to add to what John has said, um, he mentioned about anxiety, nervousness. Well, that's very effective to me also, especially with the first, second, and third months. But now, um, I don't know why this has um, become so long for a pandemic to cure, no? um, political reasons also is behind. Um, these past months, this fourth or fifth month, I started to adapt to this new normal thing. No? And I've become, I think, more productive than, than the first and second months of this pandemic. Um, I, I started to write again. I started to read again. And I think my, my experiences now is um, very, very new for me, and and it is also very challenging. But at the same time, if we don't adapt to this, um, we can't do nothing. So um, we will just try to adapt. And though it is very hard and it is very rough road, um, we can't do nothing if we don't adapt. So I'm I'm still trying to adapt. So that's 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 what I'm experiencing right now. Okay, so. You gentlemen are trying to um, let's say get on with your lives as um, as well. We don't know really when this pandemic will end. No, we're still cooped up in our homes, etc. Uh, regarding that, um, I'd like to direct your attention now to um, the question of um, opening of classes. So, what are perhaps your expectations for the opening of classes for school year 2020-2021? We know that this will be an online school year for the foreseeable future and we don't know if this is going to extend further than that. But for, for what we are expecting now or for what we know right now, um, this school year, at least this semester will be online. So what are your expectations for online learning? Yes, go okay. ahead. Um, my my expectation really is that it's not very great of a start. No? Um, I think we are very inexperienced when it comes to this because I think this is the first time that the Philippines is so hard, uh, it's so hard stricken by a pandemic. And my first expectation really is that it it stimulates from the context of inexperience, and my expectation is not so great. Um, I think. In the opening of classes, um, online delivery of education is not that good, and I think there are many points of improvement, 
as as every first time um as every first time of every people does and and to sum up it is not really great of a expectation of mine because i think we are really still a country we are still inexperienced when it comes to this mm. okay um mr osabel you might want to add on that well adding to the context of uh, first time experiences i think that uh uh Arkel is very wise to point that out this is indeed the first time that we would launch classes hugely on the platform of online and i think that uh i expect that people will have a hard time adapting to a mode of learning in which there is no uh face-to-face -face contact or engagement with the students and the educators mainly online and also I think that although it is an online classes uh, per se it is not really on the uh, I think that uh, it's not hugely on uh, zoom video conferences but also um, educators trying to send uh, ad, uh, activities that are on PDF files or documents that the students would uh, um, answer and then pass on online again through email. So I think given this type of learning which is new for all of us, even uh, to the teachers and to the students, I think that it would be a pretty rough start, but I think that we can cope up, but also as Arkel pointed out, there is a lot of room for improvements with regards to the starting of classes in this way mm, so I see so um, what you're trying what you're trying to say gentlemen is that um, this this online class may be off to a rough start or or at least this school year because of the certain adjustments that we have to make and um, as an educator I know that um, well this this really came out as a surprise though no? nobody planned that this would be coming out like this um, in in regards to that how are for example how is your your school no which is a state university and college preparing for online classes has there been any um let's say guidelines that has been released for example or for any preparations that students must make mm, as i know with regards to what the institution, the Sigur Normal Institution, is making for the students, um, they have two options to provide. Right, first is the online classes, like what we, um, what we are talking about right now. But the second, the the unusual one for for those low economic individuals are what they call synchronous uh, mode of learning. Um, I think if that's the right term. Um, they they just make use of self-learning kits, SLKs, and they will deliver it to closer municipalities of those students in particular. Ah, so you that, mean modular system? Ah, yeah, modular system. But they have another term for that. Um, Asynchronous, an, I usual term. Oh. Uh, I think that's the, that's the term they are using. Ah, okay. So they are... They have two options only, as what I've known, the online classes and 
the modular learning mode. Oh, I see. So, Mr. Isabel? Uh, to add to uh, Arkil's point, actually, when we talk about online classes, there are two modes that the school has pointed out. We have the synchronous classes and the asynchronous classes. Ah, now, okay. from what I understand is that the synchronous classes is a type of uh, learning, online learning, in which uh, uh, I think the professor would set a, a schedule in which all of the students could uh, uh, listen to the lessons jointly and at the same time. But uh, as to the asynchronous uh, type of classes is that the, you can ask the professors privately on how for some activities and uh, they will more of a free, free style I think to my understanding of uh, learning in which but still online so that's the the two parts of the online classes and also the modular one in which uh, Arkel has uh, uh, put out. So also the uh, university has already started with the uh, uh, enrollment process. Uh, I like to point that out that we already enrolled and uh, they are. Um, I think the classes would start September one, as uh, as to my knowledge. Ah, I see. So you are now enrolled. Well. At least you, you are Kale, and um, we are now joined by Mr. Grant Russell. So, good evening, Grant, and welcome to the podcast. Good evening, sir. Hello, hello. Hello. Everybody hear me? Hello? Yes, we can hear hello? you fine, Grant. Uh, okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. So, thank you. Now, you might want to add uh, with, the, with the discussion. So, we have been talking about, um, we've been talking about, online classes in in terms of the preparations no especially on yes, on your end as a student so yes. what do you think has the so, has the school provided you with with the guidelines for example etc uh, as for the guidelines sir i'm still quite uh i'm still quite confused because there uh, i have not read or seen any like proper guidelines so as the cl classes come near, may ta na, uh, I hope that there will be clear guidelines. But I think na, this is very specific to the teachers on how they will deliver classes through online. So I hope that uh, the teachers will take initiatives because there is a massive difference when it comes to face-to-face -face classes and online classes. Though generally, they're both classes and some schools observe these kinds of classes, especially those, are, those who are homeschooled. What lacks in online classes are the immersiveness, the immersiveness of the face-to-face. Uh, -face so I hope that the teachers will be able to uh, produce ideas, produce uh, activities that will try to imitate or at least uh, closely compensate that lack of immersiveness from the some from the online classes. That's mm. uh, that's what I would like the teachers to do, sir. Okay, so you're you're asking now for immersiveness, no? Yes, sir. I will hope that they would have activities that would compensate for that lack of immersiveness of the online classes, sir. Mm, I see. Mm, I think you're trying to make online classes as ML, <laughs> Mobile Legends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, 
like uh, generally speaking, sir, I would like them to make it seem like the uh, lose the feeling that it is just an online class. So, you know, have the have the same immersiveness, have the same fun as face-to-face classes. That's that's what I would like, sir. Because mm. I think many students have uh, have uh, suggested that online classes and especially modular classes would be really boring. So I hope that sense of boredom would not come to factor when it comes to our learning, sir. Mm, I see, I see. That's a very tall order, but I think I'll have to take that into account as well, no? since I'll be yes, teaching for this school year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now moving on to the next talking point. No? I would like to address everyone as in, um, I would like to address this question to everyone. Um, what are the specific challenges do you see as college students from state universities and colleges? What are the specific challenges that you see that you might encounter in this um, online setting, no? in distance learning? So you have mentioned, for example, Arkel has mentioned about modular systems for, for those who have less access to the internet. But um, on a personal level, on a personal level, what do you see as your main challenges in the pursuit of education, especially in the pursuit of um, your college degree today? Yes, so anyone can start. Uh, yes, Arkel, yes, go sir. ahead. Um, I think my personal challenge, the biggest one, is that I have um, I have unstable internet connection. That's the really big one, right? I even consider that as fortunate problem, no? even if that's my personal problem, but I consider it as a fortunate one compared to others. Aside from that is the problem of how to adapt with this new mode of learning. One, one big question really is the efficacy of this new medium, no? because as what Grant said, um, many perception, the most common perception of online classes is that it is boring, you know? because though we, we, we are really accustomed to, to face-to-face and face-to-face argumentation, debate, and communication, you know? though our degree program requires us to do self-isolation sometimes, you know, the political science are, are be, being fond of reading, writing, position papers, etc. That makes it, um, I think, difficult for us to adjust to this new mode of learning because we are really accustomed to face-to-face communication and the, ab- the ambience of room um, setting in the norma- normative setting is very different from the the setting we have now in our comfort rooms or not not comfort rooms our our comfort bedrooms i mean oh, okay so um it's really a different setting no physical physically wise that i think that's what you're trying to say mm. okay mm. um uh, mr osabel you might want to add something to that also uh, with regards to uh, structural uh, problems and uh, hindrances to the efficacy of this uh, uh, mode of learning, I would like to point out that one of the problems that I'd be facing once started, uh, classes start would be the same as our case. We have a connectivity problem here with our uh, signal and the internet. And also we have frequent and uh, unannounced uh, power outages due to the the system in which uh, 
the local electrical cooperative is uh, utilizing. So from now, from uh, every now and then there is a power outage. It is not something that you can predict because it is that uh, it is not intervals. Usually, it could uh, uh, you uh, it would go out at the evening and then at the uh, morning. So you cannot really pinpoint when it will going to happen. So mostly that is the problem I'd be facing. Also today, adapt the way and how would I would adapt to this new mode of learning. Ah, I see. So you're saying that um, this is a challenge for you in terms of um, how intensive it is in terms of resources, in terms of, um, let's say, uh, how you can manage to get the, 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 the resource, for example, power source, no? Okay. Um, gentlemen. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, let's go now to Mr. Grant Russell. So, Grant? Uh -huh. Yes, sir. So, same question, sir. So, um, yes, yeah, I think, uh, fortunately enough, uh, I have a stable internet connection. So, I don't have problems with that. So, uh, my main problem is, same with uh, John Ethelred, is that during rainy days, uh, there are times that uh, our, pow our power is interrupted. So, uh, it's a total brownout and it, it restores in like four to six hours so it would be like a hassle but <clears throat> that would be only on rainy days so i would don't have that kinds of problem during regular days but uh i think the biggest problem for me is or the biggest hindrance for learning for me in online classes is my uh my focus so my attention span is very narrow so my room, uh, especially that my room is full of distractions. So I have my computer and so on. There are a lot of games. So it would be, uh, I, because in school, I don't have this kind of problem because school is school. Like you have a blackboard, your teacher and classmates, and that's all. But here you have like media, you have internet, you have everything that would keep you distracted. So I think that would be the biggest hindrance for me when it comes to learning efficiently during online classes. And I hope that I would be able to uh, suppress that kind of that kind of factor. Thank mm, you, sir. I see. So your, your greatest distraction is yourself, no? <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> that would be my biggest hindrance myself. And how I try to control myself from uh, not trying to uh, implore myself into all these distractions. Mm. So, in, in regards to that, uh, in connection with that one, um, how does, for example, how does um, your generation uh, deal with, with, the, with not only the changes, but with the so-called distractions in your home, no? Especially since this is unprecedented. Um, uh, in my time as a college student a decade ago, this was very different. No, we, we didn't have lockdowns, but we had distractions. But I'd like to ask you, um, gentlemen, as um, Gen Z, no, what are what are these distractions that you might find yourselves in at home, as Grant was saying earlier? Yes. Arkel. Arkel. Okay, um, I think the biggest distraction I have is um, as with the same as Grant, no, um, games, 
especially with social media, I, I always get caught in social media. Um, I have three accounts of social media, and I I can't I can't watch how time goes by so fast. And I think for me, it's the one of the biggest is social media. Really, um, I don't play games that much because I don't have stable internet connection. It's one of my problems. So I think social media is the biggest one I have as a distraction. Mm, I see. Social media. Yes. Um. Mr. Osabel, Ethelred? Um, uh, yeah, the same with Arkel. Uh, the problems that I usually face is uh, social media. Uh, that would be the main one. Also, from time to time, I play a mobile game. So that, that could also be a distraction. But amongst other things, it would be uh, simple things around the house, like running for an errand or uh, uh, because Currently, my dad has a lot of projects around the house, and we're planning to uh, make a nipa hut at the mountain. So I think that would also uh, distract with the the le- learning process. But mainly, it's uh, on social media and these uh, online games that I have on my phone. That uh, oh, yeah, that 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 is a that is a great distraction. So it it really is a matter of focus and uh, the surroundings uh, as to the uh, distractions uh, with the learning process okay so mostly it's um it's really about habits no it's really about habits and i think the the lack of physicality the lack of a physical setting for education is changing not only your habits but also your lifestyles correct yes mm. exactly yes yes I see. So it's very different as a setting. So perhaps as an addendum to that one, what are the things that you really miss uh, in terms of, well, physical classes? Mm, yes, gentlemen? Go ahead. That would be to... Uh... Oh, which one? Okay, okay, okay. I'll start. I'll start. So... Probably the best thing I miss about face-to-face classes are my classmates. Yeah, no, uh, because uh, thank we, can, you, thank we, we, we cannot deny it, but uh, my classmates and I are used to having fun, hanging out after classes, and not only that, uh, we, we uh, I really enjoy my time in school because of them. I learn a lot because of them. I am able to open my mind because of them. Not only because of my teachers, but also because of my classmates. And I th- uh, what I also miss about the, uh, face-to-face classes is that, again, that immersiveness. So you're more immersive in when it comes to face-to-face classes because you're in front of your teacher. Your attention span is mostly towards your blackboard and your teacher. So I think that's what I miss about uh, online classes. And also, the casual, uh, I mean, the... Sometimes we go to, we drink and all, that's what I miss about, uh, ah. uh, yeah. <laughs> so we cannot deny that we, we and my classmates, uh, we drink, so yeah. Take note. Uh, all the times we have fun, hang out, that's what I miss about face-to-face. As for the audience, take note, drinking is not part of classes. <laughs> yes, sir, yes. Only after classes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, um, John, uh, Arkel? Um, I wholly agree with what Grant has been saying because though we are accustomed to a more course by political science, as what I've said earlier in the, in this podcast, 
no? We are accustomed to self-isolation, so to speak, because we read a lot, we, we write. But what's really missing for now is that sense of face-to-face communication, right? We, we argue face-to-face, personally, debate personally. But I think the difficult, one of the most difficult thing right now is really to adapt to this new mode of learning. No, and I really miss um, arguing about something to someone personally, physically. No. Mm, I see. So physical physical contact is a need. No, I believe mm. that that message of you two has been echoed by other educators as well. That the lack of physical contact is really is really hindering. For example, the education of young adults which are from the age range of roughly about 18 to 25 okay so that's um that's a huge one that's a huge challenge for everyone now especially for college students okay um ethelred you might want to add something to that ethelred yeah yeah. Uh, i think we all have the same uh thoughts on this that that we we humans are social animals, so in the context of learning, it would be we are accustomed to the style in which once you receive an idea, you usually try to expand your view regarding that idea with other members of your group. So to be deprived of that uh, uh, experience and immersiveness, it would be a great challenge because it is totally different in which once the class is stopped, you can immediately go to your uh, group of friends and they discuss the ideas that which you, you just have learned from your professors. So it's a huge challenge that uh, to, to be denied that uh, immersiveness and socializing uh, aspect of face-to-face classes. So uh, that's uh, one of the hindrances in which greatly uh, adds to the uh, skepticism and the the process of adapting to this new mode of learning. So we all miss that. We, we are social animals as well as political animals. So. We, we crave that, that the sense of connectivity and togetherness and it is greatly uh, 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 expanded when we, uh, we are in a, in a group. Uh, we can see each other and talk to each other mm. after we uh, have a certain idea. Mm. That's very and nice. I may that. add a uh, little yes, information, sir. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, Go ahead. Um, so- sometimes also we have a family that is not conducive with our political ideology, so to speak, and it hinders our connectivity with some concepts, you know, unlike in the ambience of the academy that you can freely talk with anybody about anything, and especially with friends, you know, as what Grant said, of the thing, he is very fond drinking after classes, of course, um, we, we, we have this sense of um, engagement, of physical engagement, and pre-thinking towards a concept, unlike in a um, familial setting, which sometimes hinders us to talk about something taboo. No, so that's that's it, sir. Ah, okay. So yes, no. The the I agree with the part where um 
we really need a uh, community especially in times like this and i believe there's also or rather i have read um in the past few months that um that a lot of people are seeking medical help uh, not just medical help but mental health because of um the problems arising from this quarantine period is largely due to um well there there are mental problems rising due to this diba so i think that's uh that's something that we need to look into um last addendum for this um talking point or for this agenda has any of you for example experienced um episodes of loneliness has any of you for example been grappling with their mental health lately Yes. Uh, so shall I start? Oh, hello. So. Oh, hello. No, no, that's Eunice. Mister, uh, Miss Eunice is here, no? So let's welcome Miss Eunice to the podcast. So good evening, Miss Eunice. Good evening, sir. Good I'm Eunice and Jonas Limas. Good evening. Good to have you here. Now, um, as yes. I was saying earlier, um, has any of you experienced uh, mental health problems, or has any of you experienced? Um, episodes of loneliness during this time of the pandemic for the past few months so anyone can so should start? I start sir yes okay. um, grant you may do so so i uh, uh i won't uh, really call this a an episode of mental problem but uh i sit around during this past few months i've been sitting in front of my computer for like 16 uh 16 to 18 hours a day so that sense of uh, always seeing your computer seeing the electrical world i mean the digital world and it made it made me feel that i was so detached from reality uh, in fact it has been months since i have not come out of my house because you know my parents wouldn't actually let me go out because they were trying to be careful so i think there's a sense of solitude during during this time so there are times where I would even get bored of playing games because I am already so detached from reality that I just want to experience again, like going to beaches and so so on. But again, times time times like now deny deny us of this uh, of this luxury. So I think my only mental problem or sort of is the sense of solitude or loneliness that. What your what all what, what only my eye eyes are seeing is the digital world and not the reality we have right now. Thank you, sir. Okay, so thank you. Um, yes, anyone else want to add to that or to uh, give additional uh, points? Yes, uh, Mr. Osabel. I would like to add to that. So uh, yes, uh, one of the uh, problems. Well, I don't. That this is actually a mental health problem, but it sort of goes that way. It's that sometimes you could just uh, stare blankly and uh, think about uh, engaging with the other other uh, uh, students or other people that has the same uh, caliber as you, so with the same, not necessarily with the exact same thoughts, but with the same uh, field in which you can engage your ideas with. Because, uh, so, the, before we, uh, my friend had this idea of podcast, so I, I would just uh, uh, read my book or social media and such, but the, the lacking of engaging your 
trying to test the ideas that you have just received uh, makes for a very uh, sad, sad moment in which you would just stare blankly and uh, think of nothing, basically, and then you immediately it hits you, you, you become sad. Uh, you know, the sense of belongingness for your friends that, uh, that which you have accustomed to. So I think that's one of the, uh, uh, not really mental health per se, but uh, going there. Mm, I see. So still, episode of an episode of loneliness. Okay, okay. Um, Miss Eunice, you you might want to add something. Yes, uh, sir. Uh, there have been uh, there are students that have been detached with their families, and I know them. So uh, yes, in moments that I feel lonely, uh, has been a. Uh, escape this low this long hello yes um go uh, ahead okay go ahead uh so as yes, uh, pandemic has been uh for us okay uh can you say that can you repeat that again miss yonis um i think it's a bit choppy oh uh, yes sir our that connection and that Mm. so that's one problem uh, I see okay so um we'll y- yield the floors uh, to mr Arkel Arkel uh, yeah, I, I thought one connection on problematic uh, lang, that that happens to all of us <laughs> uh, um I think I agree with all that has been said no but what I would like to add is that um, we also have this initiative of podcasts in as this. I think that is the result of the sense of loneliness, as you mentioned, sir. Um, mm. To cope with that sense of loneliness, so it is in fact sense of loneliness. We we can't um, we can't deny that, especially in the first two months of this pandemic. No, so we came up with this same concept of podcasting as a result of that sense of loneliness. So. Yeah, I wouldn't deny that there is that um, feeling of loneliness again. Mm, I see. So the feeling of loneliness, no? Feeling of loneliness. But is this something, for example, that um, that we can say as um, a personal problem? Or is this more of a, let's say, this is more of a social, a social, um, a social problem that we see today? Um, I think this is not a personal problem because everybody else, I think, if not all, um, are ex- or are also experiencing this um, sense of loneliness. No, um, I think this is really a great um, result of this pandemic, and of course, we are very inexperienced when it comes to this. So I think this is not really a personal problem because um, everybody else experiences it also. Mm, so everybody else is experiencing, experiencing it as well. Mm, I agree. I agree. No? Okay. So moving to the next discussion, and as for the answer of Miss Eunice, I will read that um, as an addendum in the end of the near the end of the program to to supplement no what what she was trying to say earlier. No? As unfortunately, internet connectivity problems are very common in infrastructure poor Philippines right now. Um, so the next agenda that we have is possible initiatives from students. 
So as poli-sci students, you always deal with policies and programs, no? Things that have something to do with um, addressing um, institutional problems or addressing um, societal problems that we see today. So do you have, for example, any initiatives on your part as students as to how to conduct online classes that will um, facilitate better understanding and tailor online classes to the needs of the Gen Z generation today? Uh, yes, Arkel? Um, I think Grant should go first. <laughs> okay. Hey, wait, Grant? I'm still uh, constructing my answers. Okay. okay. Maybe uh, Johnson. Uh, Mr. Osabel, how about you? Uh, okay, I'll try this with an impromptu. Um, I think it would be better if uh, it would be tailor fit in such a way that it would be sim simple but not too simple to students so that they can easily understand given that uh, the, com the problems you are facing, especially in structure. So I think to, to make a some type of a tailor fit program that would uh, be uh, yes to, uh, the same point I mentioned earlier simple but not too simple uh, that would be able easy for students to engage but at the same time enough to uh, to provoke them into thinking mm, provoke them into thinking okay so, um, yes, anyone else wants to join in? How about Miss Eunice? Uh, may I start, sir? So. Ah, thank you, Grant. Okay, Grant, the floor is yours. Okay, so I think uh, one of the initiatives in to making these online classes as more viable for students uh, when it comes to learning is that, again, it's uh, my main point is really trying to make it more immersive. So one, one great example where I think that uh, learning, I can learn just by watching this specific video on YouTube. So I think it's called the Infographic Show. So the Infographic Show creates videos that makes thought-provoking. It offers history. It offers something, uh, many concepts that is actually uh, easy. Uh, it, uh, when it comes to their video, it is easy to convey their uh, their concepts so they're not only posting words but at the same time they're posting graphs they're posting uh, they're using videos they're using characters for it to be easier to uh, learn these contexts so as, as well as what if uh, uh, I mean I mean the channel what ifs so what ifs also gives thought-provoking situations so I think this would make the online classes online classes more viable and more conducive when it comes to learning Mm, I see. So also, I would like to add uh, something, sir. Uh, uh, okay. I think one of uh, I uh, it's not my idea per se, but it is one idea that uh, that can be uh, uh, improved. Is this idea of podcast that we are having now? This is also a great avenue for making online classes uh, uh, engaging, but also in the same way not entirely in the same way as infographics but in the context of thoughts being put out there that are uh, as I said before provoking enough for people to think 
and research about it but simple enough so that they can uh they can get the gist of the idea so the podcast is also a great initiative to uh, to promote for the online classes mm, i see okay um before we proceed no um perhaps we can think about what what uh, mr Usabel and mr grant has been saying okay um how inclusive are these initiatives that you have put to the yeah, that you have put before us gentlemen so how inclusive are they because as i understand it many students are indigent no they have um very very let's say um they have very less opportunities because of uh, many of the challenges facing them economically financially even politically for some no and even on the family level so are these initiatives that you are putting forth now let's say um are they inclusive enough to include the marginalized and the indigent especially amongst your classmates batchmates etc uh, i think our initiatives sir, are really not that inclusive because it would really need the power of internet the power of technology the power of the digital world to actually make these people uh, make these concepts uh, be conveyed among people so I think it's really not exclusive, and that is one of the biggest challenges. So when you are, when you, uh, especially the marginalized sector, that they have limited uh, access to these kinds of stuff, I think it really is a challenge to make to make initiatives such uh, inclusive initiatives because uh, we would really need to accommodate them and make specific uh, activities and programs for them so that they are not left behind because. Our initiatives alone are only to those who have actually the the capability to uh, internet access. So it's really hard, sir. It's really not. Admitted, admittedly speaking, my initiative alone is not inclusive. So I think it really is a big, big challenge to make our initiatives uh, inclusive enough for people to actually be able to participate in it. Mm, I see. Okay. I think that uh, although the, the idea of podcasts and videos as such are not that inclusive, I think we could uh, make it inclusive by means of you could download the podcast, the file, and put it in a USB and then the, uh, well, if the, the universities or with the help of the government, it could be facilitated in such a way that it could reach people who are marginalized but have the basic capacity of having electrical uh, have, have electrical resources in the in the uh, community or in the house. So we could uh, uh, the state could perhaps provide or the universities could perhaps provide laptops with uh, enough uh, capacity to uh, perhaps uh, play a video or. Uh, uh, play the podcast so that people can, uh, students, those who are marginalized, can uh, can still turn into the ideas that are put in the videos of the podcast. So we could not that inclusive, but it, there are ways in which we could make it inclusive. Mm. Okay, thank you, John. Now, um, Miss Eunice here is trying to get in, so we'll give her the floor for now. So, Miss Eunice. You have the floor, Ms. Eunice. Hello. 
Yes. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Hello. Actually, um, sir, that's also what I'm to say. Before addressing the initiative, we should also remember that can also be to people who can't as such. One way to address this problem with regards to net connection and the ability of such materials. Because, um, I agree with the um, initiative. We should all make sure that students, free students, have access to such. Okay, so accessibility, though, and this is something mm -hmm. that should be addressed, especially um, in terms of, I think what we're trying to say is to make this accessible via policies that allow this to to be set, not to set the conditions for these yes, things sir. to be accessible. Okay, so thank you. Um, Arkel, yes? Um, yes, sir. Um, in the perspective of a young student like me, you know, I, I can't really think of a specific and holistic approach into this to be inclusive enough you know, for everyone. But when I was thinking of, about this lately, about this topic lately, my stance on online learning really cha re really have changed. You know. Previously, I was in favor of the call for the academic freeze, and now um, this time, um, I am not really convinced anymore with academic because this is my thought now. No? Online learning is not the problem itself. No? Online learning per se in the context of a pandemic does not cause the disadvantage. No? It, is, it is an effect of the disadvantage, the socioeconomic inequalities. No? But the solution I can propose, but this is an abstract solution, um, the more we engage in this endeavor, the more we gain actual experiences of the challenges and the ideas for some areas of development. No. So, in shorter terms, in order for us to know areas of improvements and for us to adapt, we need to use this medium over time. So, I think the most effective um, endeavor we have to do is just to use this medium over time you know, and see where we, we, where we are, um, where we will end, and what are the things we need to improve. Mm, okay, I see. Now, um, gentlemen, uh, lady and gentlemen, we'll have to Kwano, we'll have to wrap this up with one last point as we are running out of time. Um, regarding these initiatives, we have talked about um, quite a lot in this podcast already. Uh, but regarding these initiatives, do you see these initiatives as, um, let's say, um, do we see these initiatives as something that comes from the people themselves? Or do you see this initiative as coming from the government? No. So is it from the grassroots, or does it come from the the top of government per se? So anyone can have the last word. Workel. Um, I think this this is um, cooperation of both, you know, because the data that the government must apply must come to the people themselves. Um, I think both must cooperate and, and the initiative that I think the, the gentleman and the lady here is, are proposing is that um, it comes from the people themselves uh, but some um, I don't think really questions or perhaps other other guests can answer. Okay, so anyone else wants to add to that one? Uh, I would just like to clarify as to the question, sir. Um, 
where should initiatives come from? Should it simply, especially initiatives on, um, let's say, um, online classes, should it come from um, government? Or should it come from students or from the people in general, from the grassroots ba? Because um, the way I see it today, um, we have a very, a very, um, let's say, a very adamant administration, especially you know, with Duterte at the helm. And it's very adverse to criticism. And any initiatives coming from below, for example, coming from um, ordinary people might not, may, may not be looked kindly upon by the by the government so who has the who has the um who has the momentum right now to implement or to to try to in, enforce no or try to um introduce initiatives in terms of distance learning especially online classes i think that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> Uh, well, I think that uh, usually initiatives come from the greater majority, but then again, you have pointed it earlier that it is a matter of being heard, and you sh and as you have uh, said that this uh, this government is very adverse to criticism. So I think that the initiatives should be heard with the initiative of the government hearing these initiatives and then combining them as such to become policies. So as Arkeel have mentioned earlier, it is a matter of cooperation as well. So how can the government improve on their policies if they don't listen to the people? So I think that uh, while the government has the monopoly on power, the, stu the people has the monopoly on initiatives and they are the ones who uh, 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 are greatly affected to the realities of the situation. So I think that we should the ideal thing is for them to uh, cooperate and uh, uh, work together into this adaptation and solving the problem with the, the new mode of learning at online classes. Hmm, okay. Okay. So, um, as we were saying, no, um, initiatives, initiatives. So, where is it coming from? Lar largely, perhaps. Um, a co collaboration of society and state no a collaboration between people and government per se so um in in that regard in connection with that one um we are seeing for example many issues rising from the news reports that um teachers are or not just teachers but educational institutions throughout the philippines have experienced uh, major roadblocks in their pursuit of distance learning no uh, considering as well that um there are lacks of let's say for example most prominent in the news lately is a lack of paper for teachers to use um in terms of module modules no in crafting modules and distributing these modules to different um localities for example because i think geography is also a problem in the philippines right so Coming from Kwan, we are since we are coming from different um, places. How do you see um, initiatives like modular learning, for example, and podcasting, as affected by the geography of your hometown or your places? Well, just um, okay. I'll start. Yes, yes. Um, to start off. Um, I would consider our geographic features here in Toledo City as a 
geographically isolated area or the what so called remote areas no? because we're on top of um mountainous barangay here and the modular say modular reas realigning of this new mode of learning is i think um it's very far from our municipality which the art institution are are requiring those who will who will subscribe to modular learning um it is very far from our municipality we need to ride a bus we need to um we need to travel 30 minutes to 45 minutes and i think it is very inefficient and it's too risky also for for us you no know, um, because the institution we are in, the Cebu Normal University, it, as I've known, um, modular learning, um, delivery of modular learning is through the municipality of local, of each localities. So I think it's very risky for some, especially for me, um, and it's very inefficient. Mm, I see. So there are risks involved, no? So thank you for that, Arkel. Um, how about uh, Mr. Osabel? Uh, uh, to add to Arkel's point, uh, there is also uh, problems with uh, the the people or the manpower as well, but hugely owing to the geographical uh, roadblocks in our country. It would be, for example. Uh, Arkel has pointed out that he has problems because they are in mountainous barangays. Uh, so, in how do we, how do they disseminate this uh, modular contents to far-flung places? As, even as well as those places where you need to cross uh, seas or you need to ride a boat to get to. So, to, to add to Arkel's point, I think that is also a huge hindrance. How does the SUCs or the universities uh, able to disseminate these modular uh, modular modes of learning, modular materials? Yeah. The modules so, themselves, no? I think it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I think it's... Uh, problem of system, uh, geography, and band power. That uh, that I think it's a huge, huge uh, roadblock. Mm. In your in your place, um, Mr. Usabel, um, you live in um, Danbantayan, right? No, Camotes, sir. Camotes. Ah, Camotes. So Camotes is an an island of the of Cebu, right? Yeah, Cebu province, sir. Okay, so you see it as a challenge um, because really you have to Juan, you have to um, cross, for example, the the narrow Juan, I think that's Tanyon Strait, for example. So in your in your case, no, no, no sorry, Tanyon is facing uh, Negros. So, but you have to cross uh, really. Camote sea, sir. Yes, you have to cross the Camote Sea. So that's Juan. That's that's your. I think that's your, the scenario you were, you were trying to say earlier that it's hard for you to get access to these materials yes but internet wise it's okay you can access it via the internet for example well uh internet you can access it but there is a problem of uh power outage so we we have internet but there is this idea, I have this idea of if there's a power outage, then I have to buy 
uh, load for my SIM card so that I can access uh, or join classes via uh, via uh, data packages. So uh, this, that is also a problem. So I, I think uh, it's a hard uh, thing to adapt to, but uh, we have to adapt to it so that we can uh, we can go on and move move on in life. Okay, so thank you, Mr. Osabel. Um, how about um, Grant? So, Mr. Rossell? So, I think it really is a big problem for the modular mode of learning. So, the archi archipelagic feature of the Philippines is uh, really a hindrance because I have classmates who live in Masbate or like farther islands. So, it would the mo modules would have to travel by sea to actually reach for them. So, to put it in a context, uh, that fact, uh, the fa that factor of accessibility to these modules decrease as you stray or reside farther from the center. Per se, the center is Metro Cebu. So, as, so if you live to in San Fernando, per se, uh, it would be harder to access. It would be harder to acquire these modules. And if you live uh, far more in islands, it would be harder to uh, access these modules as well. So. Uh, I think it really is the farther you reside from Metro Cebu, the bigger it is a challenge to actually acquire these modules. That factor of accessibility decreases decreases as you stray farther away from the center. That Again, the applies, center being Metro Cebu. Uh, Grant, that also applies to, um, let's say, online modules. Th those are... Yeah, 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 true, sir. That's true. Okay, so that's it. Miss um, Eunice... Um, Regarding that one, perhaps you would like to join the conversation. So we are talking about accessibility of modules and learning materials. And the, the Mr. Grant has made a huge point here that um, the problem with 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 uh, with access to learning materials and as to, for example, for for access to enrollment, for example, no in in um in distance learning is that the farther you are away from centers urban centers like cebu the harder it is to access these materials that um are being put out by institutions so um as a as a student of one of the most prominent sucs in cebu um do you have anything to say about that yunis hello sir Yes. Um. Did you get the question? Uh, um. So it's uh vague because um of our net connection, but I do the point. Um, I'm glad there is another option if students can opt for online access the modular. But I do agree the point that the farther in Cebu, the more the harder it is to to have to the native so uh it would it it situation we're not prepared but uh these situations can help us um adapt the, the new normal and uh just our tales that um will continue up and know what will be the solution for uh, this possible possible situations okay so um that's okay um so, i would like to add something sir ah yes mr osabel go ahead 
uh, I see also a problem with regards to when you do have the module and you you there are topics in the module that needs other uh, resources, for example, other books and those without internet connections. How do how the the how can students access other to to be able to uh, to uh, catch up or be uh, at the same far as those students who have online uh, uh, or engaging in online classes because when you uh, when you have a modular you are re really left on your own you have to find ways on how to access other materials and you when you have parents that are uh, uh, um, with the low uh, low uh, academic uh, um, low educational attainment I think that's what you're trying to say yeah yeah low educational atta attainment so how can they help you in this uh, in this uh, uh, particular situation so I think also see that as another problem with the modular learning mm, I see so self-learning is uh, also a challenge no I think that's what you're trying to imply or to say that self-learning is also a challenge especially for those who are already finding themselves economically and um, educationally marginalized in in society so so that's a very interesting point okay now um i think yes may i add sir may i add so uh, ah, yes, adding uh, in addendum to uh papo's uh point of self-learning being a hard challenge it would be a challenge of those not especially in college students, but with those on elementary and kindergarten students mm. who are yes. opting to join in on modular classes. Uh, because what education. if, again, their parents did not have that high of an educational attainment, how will they learn? Mm. Because modules alone cannot teach you. Mm, because you actually need these teachers to teach you, sir. Mm, mm. That's a really a big problem. I have another example, Peter. Yes, okay. Um, this is the experience of my mother because my mother is a local teacher here in our community um, school, um, elementary school. No? Um, most of the parents of his, uh, of her pupils are complaining already. No, um, reklamo ng mga mama it's because moyana ng mga mama nga um, hatagi po ni sa swildo sa sa teacher kay. We are being, we are made to be the teacher of our um, kids, no? Mangayo sila swildo sa mga part sa swildo sa mga teacher kasi sila na kono mga teacher karon nga panahon. Hmm, I see. So they think that teachers are not doing anything, no? Because of online, mm. very huge misconception. Can I add to that, sir? Yes, Mr. Osabel, go ahead. Uh, also, uh. The, my mother is a local teacher as well. She is with the deaf ed, and uh, oh, okay, yes. they they have this. Uh, I think the idea is to have barangay volunteers to help out with the with the students in their modular learning. So I also see a problem here. How many volunteers does the barangay or the muni municipality can muster in all the in order to facilitate this modular learning so that uh, students who are or parents have very low educational 
attainment, if not at all, can still have access to uh, uh, people who can guide them throughout the the modular learning. So I see I see a problem with that uh, initiative because. As I said before, how many volunteers can a municipality or a barangay master add? When we talk about volunteers, that would mean that either they have compensation or they don't have compensation at all. So how do we expect them to, in the coming months or perhaps a year leading to as this uh, problem progresses, how how are they how are we to expect them to keep their promises or their duties as volunteers in helping out these students mm. so i also see that as a problem mm, i see so i um, yes, i is. want to add up another example please sir yes go ahead um i have been uh, conversing with a friend yesterday and she said that um she, although she's not um illiterate per se or um uh, she's currently a college student, but um, she has a younger brother who is currently at a public school. Now, her problem is that um, her time will be divided because um, she has to attend to her classes. At the same time, she has to teach his younger siblings on what uh, um, on their modular lessons because. Um, in the new normal, um, they are told that they are um, that they will be responsible for um, teaching their, uh, their siblings or or son or daughters per se. So that that is one problem, and I can see to it uh, with regards to these volunteers. So when we say volunteers, there has to be a certain qualifications. For you to volunteer, you have to um, be informed enough of the lessons that you you can anang you have certain qualities, but can teach so these students. So um, if regard to that, you anang people ha, must be uh, either a student or anang either working. So yeah, the problem is not only on um, the educational attainment. It also um the time okay so what you're trying to say miss Eunice, is that uh it's really intensive not to teach in mm -hmm. in a time like this intensive not yes, only sir. for for the volunteers but intensive for everyone no mm -hmm. so um in that regard um okay perhaps this kind we are nearing the end of our of our show no no um in that regard you're you're trying to say or everyone is trying to say right now is that um the challenge primarily falls on self-learning but you're you're all college students and the context of the conversation we're having right now is on tertiary education on the tertiary level do you see self-learning as beneficial to you or is it detrimental self-learning meaning that you are learning on your own pace and um you know basically interacting with the modules without much teacher interference or teacher face-to-face -face time yes grant you want to 
<clears throat> I think uh, self-learning would still be detrimental because, especially in our field, uh, when we talk about learning in our field of political science, it is not only your idea that you should listen. So I think when you read a module and you have your own ideas, you're stuck into it. So when you there's actually online classes or like face-to-face classes, you actually get to interact with your classmates, get to interact or get to know of different ideas or different perspectives and different step, point of view. So to put, put it bluntly, uh, self-learning is very bland. Yeah, it's to put it bluntly, uh, bluntly that's, it's very bland. So the, when it comes to online classes and face-to-face classes, there are factors that spice up learning. So this may this might be debates, arguments, uh, different opinions, different stands, different spectrums, and so on, sir. Mm, okay. Thank so thank you, Grant. Uh, yes. Anyone else want to add to that conversation or to mm. this conversation? Yes. Uh, yes, sir. Without a doubt, it is very detrimental. You know? uh, aside from we are not accustomed to it, but education per se is founded through conversation, good mm. and conversation in a sense that it is all encompassing as what Grant said um, especially in our field of in our discipline that we need to take into consideration another perspective or other perspective from other people with different experiences so it is very detrimental without a doubt it mm. just for me yes um Arkel, that's very socratic no as an answer <laughs> okay um Miss Eunice, you want to add something to that? Uh, I guess, sir, um, they've answered what I also thought, sir, okay. regarding uh, self-learning. Okay, thank you. Um, Mr. Osabel, Ethelred. Uh, um, sorry to say, sir, but I think they've pretty much covered what we, uh, uh, we have in mind. So... Uh, yeah, they have pretty much covered it. Oh, okay. So, um, lady and gentlemen, um, I believe our time for the podcast is up, no? And this is so far one of the longest podcasts that I have covered. But we had a very interesting discussion for tonight. And um, thank you for all your wonderful inputs for this podcast. Thank you very much, sir, for the privilege and honor. Thank you for the opportunity, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Thank sir, you for the opportunity, us. the privilege and honor for engaging with uh, you, sir. Okay, thank you. you. Thank you, everyone, for this um, wonderful time with you. And thank you to our audience as well for listening to this podcast. If you want to, co- if you want to listen more, you can go to our podcast page at Anchor and at Spotify. And we're also available on six different um six, six different platforms so you may check out on facebook kasayuran kasinatian uh, kasinatian kasayuran kasaysayan kabatuuran so you may check that out on facebook and we'll see you next time no so this has been um the podcast this has been Randy Vraila so thank you for tonight and we'll catch you on the next one <laughs>